Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Truth to Power here on your community radio station, Forward Radio. We're WFMPLP Louisville broadcasting from here in the historic Hayburn Building at 106.5 FM, and we live stream to the world at forwardradio.org. We want you to go to that website to become a part of our station. Uh, and now is an especially important part time to do that, my friends, because we are in the middle of our pledge drive. In fact, we're at the very tail end of our pledge drive. Uh, this is the last day, your last chance to support Forward Radio and get in exchange some really nice thank you gifts. If you go to forwardradio.org and click on the big orange button at the top, uh, donate to our pledge drive, you'll be redirected to our Indiegogo where you can see all of the great thank you gifts that are available to you, uh, starting at the $15 level with buttons and face masks for Forward Radio. Uh, we've got books available, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts. We've got lots of of great handmade items uh, from our friends at Stitch. Whether it's you need you need a derby pillow, everybody needs an ultra suede derby pillow right now. You got to be ready. Uh, or pot holders, or purses and totes. A fantastic WFMP insulated bottle. You can pick all of it up now at FordRadio.org, and maybe you can be the one to push us over our goal. We are so close, my friends. We're recording at about six thirty tonight on Friday, and we are at ninety five percent of our goal of. $5,000. We've raised $4,751. Thank you to our 38 backers for helping us get there. Maybe you could help push us over the edge tonight and get us to $5,000. And if you haven't picked up your ticket yet for our talent show, our first ever virtual talent show is taking place Saturday the 10th uh, at 7 p.m. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. You can get your tickets for 10 bucks at forwardradio.org. Well, with no further ado, let's get in on to our community conversation of the week. I'm really excited to have the virtual studio filled with friends to talk about urban agriculture, one of my favorite topics. And uh, <laughs> Doug, Doug uh, is joining us again as co-host. How are you doing, Doug Larry? I am doing great. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited because... Uh... I'm I'm a Finn person. I'm a Finster. <laughs> and by Finn, he means food in neighborhoods. Food in neighborhoods. <laughs> Ford Radio is supported by you all, the listeners, and some great community partners like Food in Neighborhoods and their Urban Agriculture Coalition. And we've got three other friends from the Urban Ag Coalition in the studio with us. Welcome, Isaac Fossil Van Wyck. Thanks for having me, Justin. It's really great to be here. Yeah, Isaac, I'm glad to finally be in conversation with you. Uh, your mom told me you were moving back to town and you had questions about goats and, and we never had to have a chance to talk and now we're on the radio. Right. We still, I still have the same goat questions. I did a little <laughs> bit of research, but uh, I got a big yard now in the Portland neighborhood and I'm very excited. Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, we could we could talk goats tonight. Don't worry, man. We got, yeah. <laughs> we could do that. Raise a well, glass of yeah. Cardinal. Let's not maybe <laughs> we won't tell my landlord about it. But <laughs> oh, it's only the radio. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, we also a, have big goats. Big goats. I'm also really excited to be in conversation once again with Letitia Marshall. Welcome back, Letitia from Bear Fruit Gardening. How is everything going out there this What's year? What's going on, Justin? <laughs> I'm so excited to be back. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, glad to have you here. And finally, our good friend uh, who's been on the station many times, Bethany Pratt, is back from Jefferson County Cooperative Extension. Welcome back, Bethany. 
Hello, I'm back. My internet took a break. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> so we're going to talk about food and neighborhoods and the Urban Ag Coalition. Uh, but, you know, one thing that I always think about at this time of year is the the library's how-to fest. And the Urban Ag Coalition always had a tent at the how-to fest. And, you know, I haven't heard anything about this year's how-to fest, which makes me think it's another COVID victim. What do you all you, know about that? Yeah, um, um, unfortunately, you are correct. Um, we are sad to have to take another year off from the How To Festival, but we have um, on good faith, so everyone go get your shot, that in 2022, <laughs> the Urban Ag Tent will be back and our seed, our seed swap can happen. But we have some cool opportunities with food and neighborhoods that are happening because we couldn't be at the um, how-to festival this year. Yeah, and um, you know this problem started a year ago when the last how-to fest was canceled. But um, what the library ended up doing was partnering with this Lift Up Louisville program to do virtual workshops. And I know Ford Radio did one on how to podcast and broadcast uh, with community radio. Did uh, Finn and the Urban Ag Coalition end up doing any Lift Up Louisville videos that people could? still check out we did not but we have been doing a rockin seedling giveaway instead um and isaac and letitia have been super instrumental in that seedling giveaway which happened last year and is happening again bigger and better this year well we can dive right into it yeah tell us about the the seedling drive so um yeah, last year, it's it's funny, I have never, as Justin mentioned, I just moved back to Louisville in 2019, and I have been to a few food and neighborhoods and urban ag coalition meetings, but when the pandemic started, I got, tried to make the best of a bad situation, got really excited about the fact that um, so many people were gardening for the first time, and um, I especially felt like I wanted to see if the Urban Ag Coalition could respond to the, um, you know, that interest in gardening, particularly in neighborhoods where there aren't as many food related resources and where there might not already um, be, yeah, like other kinds of resources to connect people to uh, grow, growing your own vegetables at home, uh, a kind of a, a food sovereignty um uh, solution to food deserts and things like that. So, um, yeah, I just showed up at the meetings and started saying, can we do, do this crazy thing? And, um, <laughs> I met, was met with a lot of really amazing enthusiasm from people in this virtual room and, and beyond. Um, and we, I think someone's going to have to help me with the numbers here, but I think we gave away 2000. Wow things for free of various tomato plants greens uh those were the main popular ones peppers um already potted up and ready to go right that's right yeah we have no medical little... cannabis though right <laughs> <laughs> no cannabis yet yeah <laughs> we, you know we started a bunch of conversations with people who are very interested in <laughs> New, new regulations around CD, CB, growing CBD, but um, that's not a part of the part of the process. <laughs> yeah, if you really want a reputation of some dirty hippies, let's start doing the CBD. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So, so what's the plan for this year? Are you trying to do another two thousand or so seedlings? Letitia, you want to jump in here for the plan for this year? 
Oh, well, sure. Um, so the plan is, like Bethany said, to go bigger, you know, or go home. Shoot. <laughs> So, <laughs> grow home. Yeah, so, we, yeah, uh, so uh, Bear Fruit and Grow will be participating in um, offering or growing seedlings for this drive as well. And I mean, we want to we want to definitely give away more. So uh, wow. I'm 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 trying to do my part because, like Isaac and uh, Bethany and some other people in the community, uh, we want to encourage, empower, and educate people to grow their own food. Um, this last this last year was hard yeah. for everyone, I think. And um, specifically, there are a lot of there. It, it, this hasn't just happened, right? We know that <laughs> food insecurity, food apartheid, um, you know, whatever phrase you want to use, um, is is running rampant through Louisville, Kentucky, uh, specifically, uh, there are areas or hotspots in the city that lack access to fresh fruits and vegetables. And so, you know, I'm, I'm so excited that Bear Fruit and Grow can be a part of the crusade, the movement, right. To, um, make sure that people have access and what better way than to grow your own right yeah um and 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 we don't want to just give you the seedlings we want to teach you how you know so if you don't know how it's there's no you know it's, it's not a problem we got you so if you if you need to ask questions again contact us and let us know uh what's going on and i'm down to coach all day long well i should say when i was talking about videos earlier you got it going on with bear fruit and grow right you have a whole youtube channel and everything yeah, I, I got it going on. Justin, is that what you said? Uh, <laughs> you don't <laughs> well, think thank so? You. Thank you. Yeah, our community uh, YouTube page is called Bear Fruit Gardening. And uh, yeah, go check it out. Uh, we just hit over a million, or, uh, not a million, I wish, over a thousand supporters um, and our subscribers on, on YouTube. So I'm really excited about that. And we're also, we also have a Bear Fruit Gardening Facebook page, community Facebook page as well. So I just, uh, the, it started because I wanted to just show people my experience, right? Yeah. Um, I've been growing for a while, but I still make tons of mistakes and I'm still learning. And so it's not about having a green thumb or being <laughs> born with one, right? It's it's like, are you willing to just learn? Yeah. Um, to position your family to be self-sustainable. And if you answer yes to any of those questions, then I'm down for teaching all day long, sharing what I know. And if I don't know, Bethany is dope, right? So like I'm gonna hook you up with the extension office and Isaac is like doing his thing. So like we can all work together to make this happen. We have to do it. Well, and we that, have to do it. That's what's great about the Urban Ag Coalition. Everybody is like supporting each other and and that's it's, right. It's such a good uh you know, team effort. Uh everybody's got different skills and different experiences and they're bringing it all to the table. Uh and, and Bethany, I mean, Cooperative Extension, I've seen some of your videos. I know you got it going on showing what's what you can grow at different times of year and how to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, University of Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service is um, right the public education arm of UK's College of Agriculture. So my job is to take all that like fancy farm research and <laughs> scale it down to um, the your backyard or community garden setting and um, talk to you about it. So I also spend a lot of time on social media doing videos, um, but I'm available to come and meet with you in person or over the phone or do a little video chat to talk about how to grow something or to troubleshoot. Um, 
you know, whatever's going on. If you've got something eating your vegetables or they're not growing, let me know. We can work it out. Yeah. You know, I, when you said that about not being born with a green thumb, Letitia, I, I hear that all the time. Like, oh, I would like to grow things, but I have a black thumb, you know, and I'm always like, really? Or, 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 or do you just need a little help? <laughs> you know, like exactly. well, I don't think anybody's born with it, you know. No. Well, no one was born knowing how to walk, but we've all figured it out for the most part, you know. We're right. That's right. And I feel I feel like you have to crawl before you walk and you have to walk before you run and it's I mean, yeah. It's a feeling to learn just a little bit, you'll be all right. You'll be all right. I think a lot of people are afraid to fail, especially with a living thing. Um most home gardeners or, or urban farmers because i really prefer the term urban farmer than gardener but you know tomato tomato <laughs> uh, if, if you start with flowers think about you know a lot of us think about food for people but there's a whole lot of food that's needed for the more than human world it takes some of the pressure off of you if you can't grow a tomato or a cucumber grow something else, grow zinnias, grow something, that color and that uh, texture in your yard connects you to the more than human world in ways that nothing else will. Why people like gardening, and you know, after last year, we all need therapy. Uh, being <laughs> in the garden is a wonderful form of therapy. If you're a parent, lots of parents are sick of their kids, not because they don't love them, but because they have been underfoot. <laughs> all year long you know with nt on everything else it is a great way to go out and be with younger kids uh it, it can give them some opportunity to learn and explore and make mistakes um but the other thing I, and i think bethany and letitia definitely touched on this it is okay to fail you know we we all make mistakes we we learn by making mistakes hopefully we don't make mistakes over and over and over again but you know there Lots of master gardeners will tell you that there's something to learn every day. There's always something to learn, yeah. but there's always such joy. There's always something that you didn't expect uh, in the garden. And it's a great way to build relationships with neighbors. Uh, lots For of sure. Time, this last year, I've talked to more of my neighbors than I ever had. And we talked about squash plants. We talked about tomato plants. They're like, what the heck are those giant things growing in your yard? And they're talking about castor beans. I'm like, no, don't eat those. Um, <laughs> so there's a well, Doug, I want to I want to tell you a secret. As someone who is a professional plant person, I killed all my seed starts <laughs> this year. But you can't tell anyone because I'm a professional at telling people right. how to grow things. So right. you know, secret safe here. I hope. But truth to power. I, truth learned, to power. I learned something um, and I restarted them and they're looking good now behind me. But yeah. just so you know, because in the end, they're just plants. We're not doing goats yet. Right, Isaac? I mean, you got a goat. You really right. got to be careful. <laughs> well, I think I, I think Doug's onto something that people have a particular fear with uh, taking that risk uh, with something that's alive. And I think, you know, the same I think maybe you get a little bit more back from animals. People are used to having dogs and cats in their homes. So, so maybe some people are like willing to get chickens or goats before, before they're even uh, willing to uh, plant a, a pollinator garden in the easement. But um, 
I think you know it, it. It's all kind of the same risk for me, and it's it's also the risk you take is is in killing something. You get the, the risk of also succeeding, and and of like having this co, uh, you know, coexistence with with plants that are are feeding you, and you're feeding them, and it kind of goes back and forth in this amazing way that you know you can read about it or think about it but when you do it it's quite a, a different experience as you mentioned with the therapy i think it's yeah um, everyone knows it's a good idea yeah <laughs> right i think we all need a sense of abundance like this year was tragedy and train wreck uh what the garden gives you what plants give you what all of these pollinators give you is just a sense of wild abundance and yep. some people are stingy gardeners they're like this is all me. This is all mine. Don't, I don't want any birds eating this. I don't want any caterpillars eating this. And you're like, you know, we got to totally change that. Like, no, it is part of the abundance. You know, you, you need to plan enough so that the cardinal who's going to eat every top off of your sunflower seedlings, which is what happened to me two years ago. Oh. I watched this card and I'm like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> you know, and, but I'm smart now, you know, everything wants to eat a sunflower, you know, you can eat a sunflower, but everything else wants to sure. eat a sunflower too. And you just have to think, Oh, you know, let, let's, let's really go all out. Let's, let's put abundance into this. I love the, like the five, the five, five extra plants plan. Oh, um, that's something that I kind of subscribe to in, um, my yard in my neighborhood is I plant about five more things of each, whatever I'm planting than I feel like I really need because I have rabbits, I have neighbors, I have dogs, I have a child, like I've got chickens between right. those five things. My five extra plants <laughs> may or may not actually make it. If they do, that's awesome. We all get to share a little more. And if they don't, well, my chickens loved it or the bunny rabbit got a little bigger and that's just cool. Yeah. And diversity is really important too. Uh, this is where the old, the old saying, which I think is so true is don't put all your eggs in one basket, right? Like when you're growing things, don't just grow only one kind of tomato. Like I know I've seen so many gardens like that where it's just all one thing. And that is pretty much doomed to fail because it's... I have so many feelings about this, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the ecology part of it, right? Yes, like yeah. we all, especially in an urban setting where you, we're all a little cramped for space, the more diversity you have in your garden, whether that's a mixture of flowers and veggies or just even different kinds of flowers or whatever, the better, the happier everyone's going to be because everyone like, just like the ad coalition, we all have our different strengths and we're sharing with each other. And so we're, we're doing better because we all have different gifts and that's true with plants too, right? Each plant adds something a little different to the environment. And so no one thing is going to come and wipe out your whole, your whole space. If you've got diversity. Unless it's a squirrel. I mean, <laughs> Man, and I was about to say, call me, yeah, I was about to say, call me stingy, uh, because these daggone squirrels are driving me up the wall. I'm, but, but see, this is what I'm saying. They so disrespectful. Like they will go, and I plant, I plant tons of tomatoes, Doug. Okay, I plant tons of tomato plants. I had about 16 varieties in my garden last year, and about 40, 42 plants. Okay, so like I. I can grow some food. But when you take the tomato off the vine and then you bring it to my front porch 
<laughs> with and one little only, nibble. And right. Just a little nibble. And not only do you bring to the front porch, but you get on my swing. Oh. <laughs> you sit your little tail down on my swing and eat that tomato. <laughs> that is just disrespectful. A ball of squirrels everywhere. That, that's, the, you know. I think you need a dog. Yeah. I That's how I solve my squirrel problem as I um, <laughs> let my dogs out. So, I, you know what? My husband's been talking about getting a dog. And I'm just, y'all know I'm about to have this newborn in the house. I don't want a dog, too. I'm just not ready for it right now. But uh, my neighbor, I have a neighbor. So somebody mentioned talking to your neighbors. And uh, if mo some people may not know that I had extreme anxiety about growing food in my front yard. Because I didn't want my neighbors to complain to the city about it, right? But what I found out was they were more interested in what I was growing than complaining about it. <laughs> Nobody has complained about my garden. Um, they all want to know, if, is that a tomato? Yeah. Yes. Can I take <laughs> it home? Can I, Can I fight the squirrels for it? That's right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I sure do. And they'll be ready. They'll come back next week and they'll be ready for you. And, and they do it. But I have a neighbor down the street that feeds the squirrels and the birds. Oh. And so uh -oh. he just started this last year, y'all. And he has worked out really well for me because I because they're not eating so many of my tomatoes, right? Oh, that's good. Um, and but but yeah, I I do agree that you should talk to your neighbors about what's going on. Oh, and, and be open to them coming into your yard and kind of looking around. You know, I think people uh, have all kinds of mixed feelings about uh, growing food in their front yards, uh, but do it, do it. I, I think, um, you'll experience a lot more good than bad. And then I just was saying about the thing being therapy, we all know this, right? There's t-shirts out there, but what I found out was that gardening, it can, if you allow it to work on you a little bit and, and it will address and can address all things, uh, spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, right? You can actually get a workout mm. as well. And that's part of the thing during, so I do some co coaching with people and, and it always comes out and more so the spiritual stuff than mm. anything else, right? So I believe in my experience, the garden has taught me to be more patient. It has taught me to be more kind, <laughs> right? Um, self-control even, because sometimes, you know, I used to get really stressed out about um, stuff dying. Mm. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, or what they said I was supposed to do, and it dies. And what I found out, it wasn't the death part that was upsetting me. It was um, the obsessiveness I had around babying these plants, right? And I was doing, I was babying them too much. And so that let me know that I can't control everything. Yep. Like sometimes you have to let nature do what it does, right? What it's designed to do. I can't control this. Listen, I'm still a little stingy, Doug, but I am learning <laughs> <laughs> that I cannot control nature. If, if you can't control everything, right? So just let it be, but work, choose to work with it and not against it, right? And so I am, I, I, I promise you, I'm working real hard to. <laughs> To do well, that. I, um, my, all the kids in my neighborhood call me Mr. Neighbor because this this little kid who lives next door calls me Mr. Neighbor. Um, but I'm always out in the front yard planning something. And so I've been able to teach a lot of little kids 
about what a bulb is, uh, what a seed is, what how these seeds look so, so different. You know, some things you can eat, some things you can't, some things feed wasps, some things feed bees, some things feed birds, some things feed butterflies. I even got this uh, little girl to hold one of those uh, yellow spiders and up all of her friends were just like shocked, like, oh my God, I can't believe you're holding this, you know, giant uh, spider. But they go home, because I usually, I'm Planta Claus, so <laughs> if you're a good boy or a good girl, you get a plant. If you're a bad boy or a bad girl, you at least get some soil. But seriously, I send plants home with people, and it's amazing to me how many people stop by now and say, hey, thanks for that tomato plant. I'm going to plant five tomato plants this year, or, you know, they'll invite me to come down and look at the tomato plant and say, am I doing this right? And I think people really do have this fear of failure. Um, they don't want to be judged. There are Facebook sites that you can go to. If you uh, want to be shamed in the garden, go on Facebook. <laughs> because there are plenty of sites that will tell you you're doing it wrong. Uh, find people like Letitia. Uh, who are going to coach you and empower you to grow your own food. And, and I also have to throw in, too, that the Urban Ag Coalition hosts a Friday Friday lunchtime city growers chat hour. So it is, it is truly a conversation, right? Like, you can come on. We have, there was a lady on today who was just, like, was having this community garden-based conflict, right, that was partially about plants, but a lot about people. Um, and so she was there talking about that. We've had other folks come on and share, you know, questions, true questions that are maybe more growing based or just say, hey, I've never grown anything before, but I'm thinking about it. What do I need to do? So it's a it's a cool space, right? Just like talking like we are now to yeah. come and troubleshoot those things. Yeah, that's how I first met Letitia and how I first got to see the beautiful setup she's got at her home in the front yard and expanding into every conceivable space around her house that gets sunlight on it. Um, and I just wanted to say that, uh, Doug, we need we need Mr. Neighbor, we need people like you and Letitia involved in this um, seedling drive. Uh, Last year, we did a lot of amazing collaborations with um, food banks, other people who were, in spite of the pandemic, you know, giving away uh, food-related um, yes. items. And we, so we collaborated with some of them. But I will say that our most successful um, sites of the seedling drive we did last year that we're trying to do more of this year would be uh, just, just a, a neighbor who, who wants to spread the garden gospel and they'll do it from their yard or they'll do it from a park or a community garden or anywhere. So for those of you who are out there who already have a garden and already already know what to do and are maybe already giving plants away, uh, we can we can set you up to give away uh, a lot more plants and, and just, you know, with a little bit of door-to-door uh, -door kind of marketing around the neighborhood beforehand, uh, it, it, it can you can give away uh, what did we give away at in in California with Stephen? It was hundreds of plants. Wow. Well, no one was here for that, but it was a, it was an amazing event. 
Well, I'm, I'm glad you circled back to that because we went down a really fun rabbit hole, like literal rabbit hole. Um, but but uh, I, I did want to make sure our listeners were clear on how they could participate in the seedling drive. And so if you've got extra plants that you might be willing to share, what you should do is shoot an email, right, to Finn Louisville, F-I-N Louisville at gmail.com. Uh, and is there also information up on your all's website, certainly about the uh, Friday roundtables, right? Uh, and that's at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow, right? That's all there. So I do want to say one other thing. I want to challenge people. If you have the capacity to grow, one of the big issues in Louisville is land access. If you have land, think about growing more plants and more food than you did in sharing it. Most of us don't realize what this pandemic has done there are families who are still waiting for an unemployment check from last year. Think about that. A friend of mine has four kids. Her husband was laid off. She still has a job, but they are barely getting by. And they would really, really like someone to bring them some extra plants or if you have the capacity to grow it. There are people who really need that food. The other thing is, you know, you've heard people say music is the international language plants are even a better language um, <laughs> food, foods, food's where it's at food, food is where it's at um there's this uh, muslim family that lives not too far from me and uh, i went to go check on them because of some things that were happening in the neighborhood and last year i brought them a tomato plant um they did, wasn't really sure what it was, you know, but I finally I, I finally communicated with them uh, through one of their kids um, what the what, what this is and, you know, why I'm why am I giving you a tomato plant? And I was really able to find out some of what they needed and what some of what the some of the discrimination, some some tough things that they were going through. Um, so it is just a wonderful portal into people's lives. We care about fairness. We care about justice. We want people to have enough to eat. And it's going to take more than just the food. It's going to take some of our being invested in it. And to me, that's what that, that if we, we share the abundance of the garden, it transforms our the community, the kind of community that we want to live in. Doug, I'm so glad you brought up the issue of land access. We talked about a little little agenda for what we're going to speak on here, um, but I wanted to pass the mic back to Letitia. Maybe we can brag a little bit about the uh, Food and Neighborhoods. Um, you know, we had a pretty big success in dealing with the land bank um, recently, and I don't know, Letitia, did you want to tell a little bit about that? Well, I'll share a bit without sharing names because I don't know if he would want me to do that. But because and the goal is not to single out somebody, but to make this a community thing because it is and, and make sure that everyone has access because, uh, you know, you just got to fight for what you believe in. You have to stand up for what you believe in. Um, and if you believe it's the right thing to do, I believe that um, you can make a difference in the community. And sometimes it. it it's a long process. So in this in this process of gaining um, this land access for this particular person and this particular uh, community garden um, in the West End of Louisville was started well before I even joined Urban Ag Coalition. So I'm not the you know reason why it happened, but it took a team of people. Finn really the Urban Ag Coalition, um, and there were there were. Uh, 
very consistent uh, about making sure that we um, have a voice and that this particular grower, community organizer, community garden space um, was able to have a voice as well. And so we all just worked together and um, got what he was supposed to get, um, which was land. And in West Louisville, he is a resident of West Louisville. He belongs there. His neighborhood is there. His family is there. His friends are there. He grew up there. Why is it so hard to have access to um, property there, to be able to purchase um, and grow your community in more ways than one? So um, typically the land bank wants you um, their definition of building a community or growing a community is literally building structures or rehabbing structures. And so, of course, Urban Ag is like, that's cool. But <laughs> what if we could grow and build our communities by feeding them? Right. And and so we in order to do that, you you need land uh, to be able to grow more food on. And these properties, and we're not throwing shade at the land bank at all. It's just the way things, the system is. This is systematic. It has nothing to do with uh, particular persons at the land bank. Okay, we're not calling out anybody in particular. But it's the system that says we want to build community, but it doesn't allow us to, okay, in all kinds of different ways. And so since we're talking about food, um, you know, we, we need this system to allow us to do that. And so over, you know, eight plus months, it might've been close to a year. Uh, we've been going back and forth with uh, the land bank and the land bank. What they do is they have an inventory of vacant properties, vacant and abandoned. And there's a difference between the two. So uh, properties, and some of those are just lots with no structures on them. Some of them have structures on them that need to be rehabbed, demoed, you know, whatever. Um, but they're just sitting there and you know some of the lots that are vacant uh have are supposed to be mowed by the city right they're not it's a public burden yeah. <laughs> right? um they are not and so neighbors will mow them or they won't get mowed right and this particular person has been taking care of two lots that the city has been are supposed to have been taken care of um for over a year wow okay and they're right next to the property that he owns. Wow. He owns a lot, and then there's two right next to him. And so it's like, goodness. I mean, he's already been taking care of this property. He's he's tearing down trees, cutting down limbs, picking up trash, mowing the lot, and doesn't have to. So what is the what is the problem? Like, why would you not why would you not sell him or allow him to obtain this property? And so anyway, at the end of the day, um, we were encouraged because um, some back and forth and some time, but we were able to create policy change. Yeah. And policy change will not only has not only changed his situation, but it will change the situation of others in the future. And that's what we're excited for. So it's not just a win for him, but yeah. it's a win for our community. And I will say that we're not done either, right? Oh, that was like case number one of like That's a thousand right. where we're we're working to, you know, by we, I say the Urban Agriculture Coalition, Food and Neighborhoods, we are working to make the city we want in terms of land access, in terms of food access and food systems and food justice. Um, yes. And that is a huge part of our group is 
we're supporting our neighbors and our community members who are saying, hey, I've got this cool project. I'm already doing all this work, but I'm I'm hitting a wall with with the powers that be, with the systems that are. That's I right. need help to change them. And that's what we can do as a coalition is help that's, change and them. And you can do, and you can do, because you can join the coalition. It's yes. not a elite group of people. Correct. Okay? Uh, we come again from all different. Back, back, I mean, goodness, Isaac is a puppeteer, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and the best puppeteer and best advocate and yes. grower of plants. Um, he has many talents. Yes, but but you know, you see what I'm saying? It's it, it's it, we are a a group that's made up of all different types of people, different experiences, come from different backgrounds, but we are working together to create change because that's what we need in our community. The time is now. So if anybody's down, holler at us on, what is it, April 13th? April 13th. We are having a community roundtable. Um, so the Food and Neighborhoods um, Community Coalition is hosting a citywide conversation on... Um, food, food apartheid. Um, it's probably the best way to put it. So join us. Um, if you go to foodandneighborhoods.org, you can register and be a part of the solution. Um, plug in your skills and abilities to help make more change. And that is 5.30 to 7 o'clock on Tuesday, April 13th. Uh, let me just reintroduce everybody. We're speaking here after work on Friday on Truth to Power on Forward Radio with members of the Urban Ag Coalition, including my co-host Doug Lowry, and you just heard from Bethany Pratt. We've also got in the virtual studio Letitia Marshall from Bear Fruit and Grow or Bear Fruit Gardening on YouTube and Facebook. And Isaac Fossil Van Wick is here as well. And I just want to remind folks that this is your last chance to donate to our pledge drive. It ends today. This is April 9th. It is our fourth anniversary of broadcasting to the Louisville community. And thanks to 40 backers, even in the time we're recording this, we've had a couple more donations. We're now up to $4,793 out of our $5,000 goal. Perhaps you could be the person to push us over the edge and make 100% or more of our goal to help keep us on and keep us strong for another year. Go to forwardradio.org to become a part of it. Um, you know, I was so excited, y'all, because it's spring and I just, you know, turned under my cover crops and set up a rain barrel at the UofL Garden Commons earlier today with Lilius Pettit Scott, another proud member of the Urban Ag Coalition, that I just dove right into the topics. And, you know, we should back up just a second and tell people what food in neighborhoods is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Food in Neighborhoods is a community coalition, which means you can, if you live in Louisville or if you care about the Louisville community, can be a member. And we are working to build a just, equitable and sustainable food system here in Louisville. We um, cover a broad range of topics because and ideas because food systems are broad and complex. Um, we have folks in our organization who are focusing on food access. We have folks who are focusing on urban agriculture. We have folks who are specifically focusing on land access inside of urban agriculture. And we have folks who are really focusing on policy. Um, and policy is very often related to those other topics of food access or land access or urban agriculture, sometimes all together, sometimes separate. Um, but we have a great group of people. We always need more people because everyone's got skills and abilities. 
Um, and we're hosting a community roundtable. So if you're curious or interested, um, come to the community roundtable April 13th. Um, it's on Zoom. So you can hang out in your pajamas like you've been doing <laughs> and um, chat with us all and be a part of the, the vision for the future. Bring your goat. Yeah. Bring uh, your goat. <laughs> I'll have my chickens there. We'll there be ready. <laughs> or at least your goat hat. There you go. <laughs> my chickens are living upstairs right now, so are they will they be really? involved. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. They're little guys. They're like they're like yay big. So it's cool. That's well, I, let's talk about animals a little bit. I'll, I'll, first, I'll make a plug. If you want to start with animal husbandry, right, keeping animals for food, uh, I would pick, make a plug for bees because bees really take care of themselves. It's, it's a great way to sort of ease into it. Now, people are very scared of bees because they sting. But if you if you know what you're doing and, and treat them right, you, you, you won't get stung. And if you have the right equipment, too. So I've been a beekeeper for many, many years, and I really love it. And I feel like this is manageable. I'm a very busy guy. I don't have time for chickens and goats, but man, I could handle some bees. And if I don't look in on them for a couple of months, you know, they're going to do their own thing. They'll be okay. But talk about, um, you know, growing other animals in the city. Is it allowed? What, what are the parameters? Well, yeah. before we dump, jump into, uh, you know, animals with, uh, you know, full spinal systems and stuff like that, I would say another, <laughs> another plug for people who are, uh, you know, busy with the urban lifestyle and other things that, that I, when I lived in Chicago for many years, I maintained a really meaningful and beautiful relationship with my compost worms. So that's another a great animal, a uh, great animal. Yes. Drug to animal husband. <laughs> and all parts of the worm are edible. <laughs> Doug comes in with the unpopular. <laughs> you know, Doug, you. I had a conversation today with a community gardener about eating worms. Wow. So you, you're, you're totally on, well, on point. At least you could go fishing with them. Yeah. Oh, this guy was doing both. He oh, was wow. eating them himself and then also fishing with them. So he wow. had like the full food system covered here. <laughs> and you don't need a permit. Streamed on toast. That you know, I mean, I've eaten a lot of strange things in my life. But, um, well, let's my get chickens back love here. worms. So yeah. I'm not see Letitia's face. She's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad this is radio. No, seriously, there are a lots of sources of protein that we yeah, yeah, are not traditional. That we would, you know, it's not a chicken, it's not a rabbit, it's not a goat, it's not a cow, um, but it it improves the soil. You know, so I'm with you, Isaac. I'm down for that. Someone is is interested in building soil health. Most of us don't know. We think soil is dirt, and there is a big difference between soil and dirt. The best thing you can do uh, besides grow uh, food for the more than human world and pollinators is to learn about soil health and start paying attention to the worms because what's under your feet, the microbial life, the chemistry, the aeration, all depends on what you put back in the soil we we typically take stuff out of the soil and when it doesn't do what we want it to do we we uh, beat it up with chemicals and that is not the way to go in my book agreed short shameless plug if you want to really nerd out about soil myself <laughs> and um some members of the soil and water conservation district talked for an hour and a half and it's on youtube about soil and microbes if you really need need to nerd out, I'm here for you. That's awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people actually go to the store and buy worm poop. Right. Right. Vermicompost. Yeah, it's called yep. worm casting. Yep. Right. And, 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 and most of those don't even have, you know, it's mostly soil. It's not. Anyway, um, <laughs> so all this money, thinking y'all buying the stuff, and, and okay, so I, but I, what I would say is feed the soil so that they will come to you naturally, yeah, and then you don't have to go to the store and buy worm poop, yeah. okay? They'll poop right, right, right. Amen. Right they'll uh, poop. They'll so, poop everywhere. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. And so there's a tons of ways to do that, but you know, um. I, I compost and people think it's lazy, but well, I don't care. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I will build a hole in the ground or dig a hole in the ground and throw some food scraps and cover it up. And what happens in a couple of days? Worms everywhere. Um, in my raised beds, I'll dig a trench or dig a hole, lay some food scraps. And by food scraps, I mean lettuce, stuff we throw in the trash, right? Uh, apple Apple cores, peels, but you know, stuff like that, banana peels. Just dig a little hole and, and put them suckers in there, cover it up. And I promise you, in a couple of days, you will see worms just pop up out of nowhere. And so when we talk about giving back to the soil, I believe that, Doug, because we we take right, yeah, amen. Amen. Conditioned in this in our society, right? To take, take, take. That's all we care about uh, in this world, it seems like. And we don't give enough. And so, and this goes back to you um, talking about native and pollinator gardens and all that, too. You know, we expect, you, we have to have the bees and the butterflies and the wasps and all that to grow our food, right? You know, they pollinate the plants that grow our tomatoes and our peppers and things. And so we need to plant things that are going to feed them, right? We don't right. just work them to death. We need to feed them too. So I love I love everything about what you said about soil health. Yeah. Well, to get back to Justin's original question about uh, bigger animals, um, keeping them, I think there's some amazing things we could talk about talking about the subject of poop. Uh, yes. I'm glad so, you went there. I was going there. <laughs> you know, working, working with partners of uh, goats or chickens, uh, I, I think that's probably the extent of it. Maybe some, maybe there's a few people in town with a pig or two. I'm not sure what that uh, ordinances have to say about that. But I would, it, it you know, the ordinances are um, are are pretty good. Uh, in a lot of American cities, the goat ordinance is not very clear. Uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of room for interpretation. Um, do, not go, do not collect $200, that kind of thing. It's so so it's a little, it's like not even that clear. So it's all about, Letitia and I have been spending some time reading our land development code here recently as another one of our fun urban agriculture projects. Um, and so there are lots of regulations about horses and how much land you need to have to have horses and, and cattle too, right? So there's lots of rules about big animals. There's some small animal ordinances. So for chickens, for example, if you live on less than half an acre, you may have a total of six animals, six, six feathered animals, up to one crowing and five non-crowing or six non-crowing. Right. That's looking at you, roosters. Um, <laughs> my neighborhood is the source of those of those both those ordinances. <laughs> so the Beachmont neighborhood, there was this guy who 
he he did have a UK house, so I'm going to just throw that out there. <laughs> um, he had about 80 chickens, and probably 51 of them were wow. roosters. Wow. And that's why we have that ordinance. And then there was a local celebrity, I won't say, who wanted to put a horse in his front yard. This is well, the, the horse, so some of the horse rules are actually Kentucky state statute. And some right. of the chicken limits are also from Kentucky state statutes against the animal yep. cruelty. Yep. Um, and so, so, but right. Your neighbor probably um, contributed to maybe some more intentional enforcement. Hmm. Um, as someone who at one point had three roosters on their third of an acre lot, hmm. they are, they are wild and they are loud yep. and um, they, they can be disruptive. Yeah. But the way I, I think the recommendations that, that people might want, you know, there are um, banty chickens. So there are smaller chickens. So sometimes small is good. Um, rabbits uh, make really manageable poop and goats make really manageable poop. Chickens are just no fun to clean up after. Mm. But, I, I disagree. I'm a chicken lover, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna like, disagree I, with you. I don't clean up after my chickens one bit. And <laughs> me. They just walk around pooping and everywhere. And poop, and it's beautiful. I, I've gone and scooped up other people's chicken stuff so i you know i'm well this is your problem you've you they're not your own chickens don't sign up for that again (laughs) well all right leaving animals aside because we're really more about the plants and the urban ag coalition anyway let's you you mentioned the land development code and that's a hot topic right now because the city is currently revising its land development code and i have heard some very positive things about some of the urban ag coalition's uh, input and feedback about that actually getting a response from the city. So where are we at on that? What have been your recommendations and do listeners need to get involved in this? Yes. Um, so listeners can absolutely get involved. Um, the Urban Ag Coalition has been very active and doing some very heavy revision of the land development code. Um, so right now we have a new, it will be a proposed change to the code that qualifies urban agriculture as any type of agricultural activity that happens on less than five acres, um, including, right, community gardens, market gardens, hoop houses, bike racks, chicken coops, rabbit hutches, goats, you know, pigs, all these other things. Bees, apiaries? Bees, apiaries, fish. Composting? um, Composting. Um, All of these things can now happen um, on there. Yes, Isaac, even bike racks, because they were not allowed. So we have written them into the right code on, now. Right um, yeah, that's, that's Yeah, it's, that's, that's another story. We're going to focus on the act <laughs> oh, part. Yeah. Um, but right, so like Letitia was talking about, it's the system that is the challenge in allowing a lot of these changes to happen. So we've been very fortunate to um, connect with a, a planned system change. And We've had some really good conversations um, and some good edits and adaptations um, from the folks at in Louisville Metro who are revising the land development code. But there's more that can happen. So we've proposed all these edits, but Metro Council has to approve them. Um, so this is a, a citizen activist opportunity to talk to your Metro Council member and say that you support um, the work of the Urban Agriculture Coalition and their revisions to the Land Development Code. We, as an as an overall standpoint, are pretty happy with the proposed revisions. Um, Letitia and I and some other folks, probably Isaac and 
Many others will be at the public hearing on April 20th to share our, our last changes and edits. Um, we'll be working on getting some more um, information out to everyone too, so that we're all on the same page. But I have to say a lot of it's good. There are a few minor minor things still, but we're excited that the conversation's been good and that we're, we're doing some policy change and it's been cool. And is this, for, for listeners, is there a script that's out there on social media about what to say to your congressman? Not yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, not yet. Um, we got the the last the the most current edits um, were sent today, so we have not read them to to provide any other feedback, but we'll be providing that shortly. So absolutely. I, I just want to say something about West Louisville. There are big parcels of land in West Louisville, and most people don't think about agriculture especially market gardens as economic opportunity. You heard Letitia say earlier, you know, the idea, the city's idea of development is a house, a structure, a, a business even in a residential neighborhood. There's a tremendous amount of opportunity for people to live and work sustainably in their own neighborhood to provide for their families and provide for their neighbors through market gardens. And that one thing if faith communities, schools, universities, and the city worked on that, we could solve a lot of the problems that look like problems instead of opportunities in West Louisville. Lots so of one, of our, one of our fellow um, Urban Ag Coalition members, Common Earth Gardens, um, supports specifically folks from the international community in Louisville to build farm businesses. Um, they have an incubator farm um, off of Cane Run Road in West Louisville. It is sandwiched between the Quick Creek Concrete Plant and one <laughs> of our many distilleries that's out there. Um, but it is a seven acre farm wow. being run by um, some new Americans um, and they are running small businesses. Folks um, with help and connections from the Urban Ag Coalition are seeking more land. Um, and so part of our right, our coalition's bigger goals is to help pave the way through policy change and land development code change to help get that expertise and skill into land. Yeah. Yeah. Urban, urban, ag, urban ag seems to be um, a little taboo for a lot of people still. They, they're not sure how to feel about it. When people think about agriculture and farming, farming, they automatically think about rural Kentucky. Um, and, you know, 100 plus acres. And we don't realize that we can grow a lot of food on less than a quarter of an acre, which is what I live on. And I grow tons of food here. Right. And uh, but and I'm OK. I'm OK with that as long as you're willing to um, to learn and, and understand um you know, what urban ag is. And I think we've, we spent a lot of time educating Metro government about in, in the planning and design committees um, about what urban ag is. And so I'm very excited about this opportunity to be able, like they're actually listening. Um, and um, I mean, sometimes it feels like they're not, but <laughs> it's because everybody has so many thoughts. I feel like everybody wants to get their thoughts out, but, but, Overall, you all, um, you know, we have to take things one step at a time. And um, at this point, we have had great success communicating what we know, okay, and them listening and educating them and them kind of taking it and then meeting halfway. And so I'm very, very excited uh, to be a part of that process to 
the Citizens Coalition for Land Development Code Reform also supports the Urban Ag Coalition and its recommendations. And I'm excited about that because I'm a part of that group as well. And this is a group of self-appointed individuals that are just passionate about, hey, we need to hold metro government accountable, but we also want to educate ourselves and understand what is going on um, as far as the land development code is concerned. And so anybody can join this coalition. We do have a Facebook page. We do have an email, uh, but the Citizens Coalition for Land Development Code Reform, if you want to be involved and don't understand really what's going on in Louisville Metro with the code, they proposed six recommendations or six changes for this first phase of changes. And so if you want to learn more information about that, we do have a community conversation uh, come Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. And if you go to the Facebook page, uh, we do have a link there for that community conversation. So you can ask questions about anything, anything from urban ag to uh, the setback uh, floor ratios, um, accessory dwelling units seems mm. to be a hot topic as well. Um, um, and the notion that the city is using, they say, the land development code reform to address racial equity, which is a whole nother topic. I know and we don't, we're not, we're not going to get into that, but, um, uh, I think, I think you should make up your mind about that. Okay. Um, but but there's just tons of things going on. So if you want to learn more, join us on Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. for our community conversation. The Citizens Coalition for Land Development Code Reform will be hosting that. And um, yeah, but it, it's all about policy change systems, right, um, that have to change in order for us to grow and be better as a community. And that community conversation will follow immediately after the Food and Neighborhoods Roundtable on how we can address food apartheid in Louisville. That's Tuesday the 13th, starting at 5.30 on Zoom. And you can find the link to register for that at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow. We are just about out of time here, friends. It has been such a treat. And of course, the time has just flown by as we talk about springtime and urban gardening. And uh, I want to make one last plea to our listeners. If you enjoyed this conversation here on Truth to Power and you want to support this kind of programming, which I guarantee you aren't going to hear any other station talking about eating worms, <laughs> then you need to go to forwardradio.org and join the over 42 backers now. A bunch of folks have been pledging during the recording of this show. We are at 97% of our goal in our pledge drive, and you can still pick up on some great thank you gifts and help us get to $5,000, as well as grab a ticket for our first ever talent show coming up on Saturday, April 10th at 7 p.m. I want to thank everybody for joining me today. Bethany Pratt, Letitia Marshall, Isaac Fossil Van Wick, and of course, Doug Lowry from the Urban Ag Coalition. I've been Justin Mogg here on Truth to Power. Thank you all so much for joining and, and happy growing, everybody. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. All right. We'll be back in your ears again in one week's time with another Truth to Power. Stay tuned, my friends. Lots of great stuff coming up on Forward Radio.